Hey guys, welcome into the podcast today. My name is Ashton, and today we are going to be talking about the Super Bowl, and then we'll be getting into uh, that a little bit. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that, but um, and then we'll talk about the Lakers, and then uh, what I'm seeing of the Rookie of the Year, and then uh, the Clippers. I have an idea on who they could trade for um, coming up towards the NBA deadline, trade deadline. So. Let's get started with the uh, the Chiefs and the Bucks. That game was a uh, a heartbreaker for every Chiefs fan known to man. Um, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. That was worse than the last Super Bowl, and that was worse than uh, the closest thing I can remember to that was Cam Newton running for his life um, when they when the Panthers versus the Broncos faced off in that in that. That Super Bowl 50 matchup, um, and oddly enough, Patrick Mahomes was rushed even more than that. And this is an interesting stat that I'll throw at you guys. He, before he could eat, Patrick Mahomes could even throw the ball. He ran for 497 yards before throwing the football, and that was a combined total of all every play. Um, and that was just. That was uh, basically what it was in a nutshell. Um, The Buccaneers just looked like the better team, and we all were expecting greater and better things from the Chiefs. We were hoping that uh, the line would at least hold up um, for most of the game, but it was Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett were getting to the quarterback, which I had a feeling I wasn't totally super invested into the game so when it happened like my heart wasn't absolutely crushed like my brother Toby um uh and I know a lot of you were were probably pretty crushed I was I was preparing myself for oh this could happen like if like if Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul have their have their type have their Von Miller type of performance then this game is over, and uh, that's what happened. And honestly, I don't know why the Chiefs didn't really. Um, all, all their checkdown stuff was wide open, and that's what the Bucks were basically doing. They were going to make the Chiefs have to throw it short um, with the short passing games, taking the checkdowns. But Patrick Mahomes kept forcing the f- ball down the field, and I mean. When you're down thirty-one to nine, I, I understand why you should keep checking it down the keep chucking it down the field, but the checkdowns are there for a reason, and it helps you sustain drives. And when the Chiefs came out at halftime and were running the ball, and uh, sort of taking the checkdowns, and then that drive stalled at at the fifty, it was like that's kind of how the rest of the game went their their drives just stalled or Patrick Mahomes kept getting sacked and when Patrick Mahomes wasn't getting sacked guys were getting hit in the helmet with the football <laughs> like right smack dab in the in the face mask with the football and it was just it was one of those games where you just go what can you do as a fan and i just kind of took a big deep breath and let it all out and it didn't really affect me a whole lot so um, I, that was really depressing to to watch but at the end of the day it, 
I got I kind of got over it and plus now we'll be looking for tackles in the future because Eric Fisher Achilles um, probably is going to be out all of next year um, so that left that left tackle position for the Chiefs is is, is going to be something really important for them going forward um, Mitchell Schwartz is trying to get back with that back injury that he had. Um, he didn't play in the Super Bowl, so he, he had been out for for months on end uh, for the Chiefs. And so we're, we're hopefully going to at least have Mitchell Schwartz back. If not, um, we're going to have, have to have a, a high in the draft. We're going to have to have high uh, draft picks of, of tackles. We, we need tackles and uh, defensive line play is also something I know that the Chiefs have invested first-round picks in, and but they didn't get to, to Brady at all in the in the Super Bowl. They they really didn't. They didn't get any pressure on him whatsoever. He had all day to throw and, and pick apart the Chiefs' defense. And when you're Charvarius Ward and 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 Breland's uh, not Breland speaks, uh, Brashad Breland, you're what are you supposed to do? Uh, you're, you know, you can only cover Antonio Brown and, and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans for so long, and same thing with Gronkowski. It's, uh, it felt like the Bucks were just the well more prepared team coming into the game, and the Chiefs. It felt like to them they were just gonna wing it and just basically say Patrick Mahomes is gonna win us this day. When in reality he did, he he did all he could, but. It wasn't good enough. So hopefully the Chiefs don't have a game plan like that in the future. So hopefully they'll be more well-prepared. And, well, well, I know LeBron's going to have to be more well-prepared without AD um, as his tendonitis, uh, Anthony Davis's tendonitis, um, is bothering him here. And uh, that has really gotten... Uh, the Lakers are the favorites with AD healthy, um, but um, with the with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant all now in Brooklyn, that's going to make this really difficult. And yes, that that's the big three now in in Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn's easily going to get to the finals. That's uh, without hesitation in my mind. Giannis couldn't get there before. Um, he couldn't get through um, Jason Tatum. Well, he couldn't get through uh, Miami last year, and he couldn't the year before get through Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. And what what's going to make you think that Giannis this year is going to get through Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, all at their playing, while they're playing their best basketball, he's not gonna beat them. I've given up all hope on the Bucks. I have learned from years past the Bucks are not gonna do anything. So it's gonna be most likely the Nets are the Nets are lock for the finals. And in the West, if AD is ends up being healthy, the Lakers will get to the finals. If AD isn't healthy, it is a toss-up between 
right now the Utah Jazz, Utah Jazz are playing their best basketball that they've ever played, um, even since Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton type days. Uh, that they're playing their best basketball right now, um, with Donovan Mitchell leading the charge, and he's having a really good, a really great year, and uh, and right now you'd have to say the Clippers, although the Clippers ha- need a point guard, and uh, I'll get to that here later on, but and who I think they should trade for, um, but right now the the Clippers. Um, they'll get to the West. I think they'll get to the Western Conference Finals, but they're not going to go anywhere without this key player that I think they'll they'll need to grab and free agent uh, in the before the trade deadline. Um, and right now, the biggest Rookie of the Year surprise to me, I think, is hands down Lamella Ball. Lamella Ball, right now. He is averaging 15 points on 44% shooting, and he is averaging six assists per game. That is pretty good, and he ha- he has those like two to three type of plays during a game that just make your jaw drop. Uh, I I was watching. Um, he plays so Lamelo Ball plays for the the Charlotte Hornets, and he I saw. Uh, his highlight reel against uh, the Suns, where he would just absolutely torch the defense um, when given the opportunity, and he dropped uh, that game. He dropped twenty points on them. That's <laughs> dropped twenty points on the Phoenix Suns. Four assists and four rebounds and eight assists. Um, his latest game, which was yesterday, today's March 2nd, um, or no, today's March 3rd, um, but his most recent game was against Portland. He put up 30 points, six rebounds, and eight assists. That He's just balling right now. He's doing what his last name is. It's just balling. Um, and so I'm really impressed with him. I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year, and I think... They have Devontae Graham, Gordon Hayward, and now LaMelo Ball, and Teddy Rozier. And those are those are the four guys that are mainly going to handle the ball for uh, the Charlotte Hornets. And, and those are, are great playmakers that you have right there. And I think my I think the the Charlotte Hornets are going to make the playoffs this year. I really do. I think they're going to be a seventh seed, but I think they're going to, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And, uh, so the, the Charlotte Hornets are doing really well right now. And you know, who also is doing really well right now. And that's fourth in the East. It's the New York Knicks. (laughs) If you can believe it. Um, Julius Randle is playing out of his mind. They got, Derrick Rose in a trade. Tom Thibodeau is leading the way. And he's got those guys playing elite defense. They have the number one defensive efficiency rating in the NBA. If you can believe that. That's straight up ridiculous. You would have never thought the Knicks would be playing defense. I would have never at that high of a level. Oh, heck no. Oh, heck no. The Knicks are 
are really re doing really well. I'm really impressed with them right now. And they don't really need uh, their they're get they're about to get their main defensive players back. Mitchell Robinson, he's been hurt. Um, he's their their rim protector. He's he's going to be coming back here soon, and all those guys are, are playing with really high confidence and playing extremely well. And it looks like Tom Thibodeau could have the coach of the year mantle mantle right now. He's he's leading that charge, and. Uh, you know, I feel like they're still a few pieces away. I think they might get eliminated in the first round. That's my guess, but uh, we'll see. You know, this the East is kind of is weak right now, and you know what's also weak right now is uh, the, the Clippers point guard situation. And that Clippers point guard situation has really been something that they needed to address in the off season. They never did, and so how they need to address that is going out and, and, and trading for somebody. Well, you know how, was, how I was bringing up uh, Lamella Ball playing out of his mind right now? Well, Lonzo's playing pretty well too. And I think that the Clippers should trade for, for Lonzo. As crazy as that sounds, I know. But I think he's playing really well right now. He's his Lonzo, is, if you look at his stat line, he's gotten better each and every level and his shooting he's shooting right now uh, last time I checked he was shooting 39% from the three-point line that is like last time I checked Alonzo was shooting like the low 30s like 32 31% from the field and right now he's a uh, He's, he's playing out of his mind. Last night, he just had, against Utah, he put up 23 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. You know, that the, the triple-double that Lonzo is supposed to be. Uh, you know, that's what everybody was kind of hoping he would be out of, coming out of uh, UCLA. Well, right now, the, the Ball brothers, they're balling. And uh, I think they should trade Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, and... Uh, Patrick Beverly for Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball plays defense. He passes the ball around. He initiates you guys. He, he initiates offense. And you're not asking Lonzo to put up 20 a night. You're just asking him to run the offense, which the Clippers have had problems doing as of late. Um, the other night, the Clippers and... Uh, the Clippers were really struggling uh, against, well, last night they lost against the Boston Celtics. And recently they played, I believe it was the Bucks and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard from the field went 0 for 7 in the last two, three minutes of the game. And they couldn't make a shot. And that they were doing iso ball situations where if you have Lonzo coming up and bringing the ball up the floor, Lonzo's a really great passer. He will get you guys involved in the offense. You know, Lonzo would be like 
that third or fourth option, which he needs to be, not that number one guy. He's going to put you in offense. He's going to get you guys wide open shots, get you easy layups and buckets. And, and he plays defense on the other end, so it's he's doing really well right now. And I would say this would be the time for the Clippers to go out and get him and also try and get that uh, rim protector type guy. I know that they have Serge Ibaka, but they also I would like them for to have more inside presence as of right now um, defensively for them. So another shot blocker and and again Lonzo plays extremely well defense. He can he can he can rack up those steals and and get you blocks. And again, this is I really like. Um, that option for him, for Lonzo. And uh, so that's kind of what I had in mind today um, about a, a trade scenario for the Clippers. Um, let, let me know what you guys think about that. Um, I think it's a, it's a wild card. It's, it's coming out of left field, I know, but um, I think it would be a good change of pace for him. And it it would really make things interesting for the Clippers going late down the stretch and having Lonzo initiate the offense. And uh, so that's that's my thoughts on that. And so that's kind of all I had for you guys today. Thank you for listening into the podcast today. Um, I know it's a short one. Um, I am on YouTube and Spotify. And so subscribe, like, and uh, I'll be keeping uh, – tabs on uh where i can uh get more podcasts in so thank you guys for for joining us today and uh love you guys peace